<sighs> Let's see. Six, seven, eight, nine, ten, two, eleven, twelve, and thirteen. Hmm. Each one addressed to a Gabriel Black. Oh, let me write that down. Right. Okay. Gabriel Black from Connie Kilmeister. Jeez, lady, of all the names. <laughs> Kilmeister, really? Let's go by send date, in any case. Right, a year ago this past May. Hmm. Not important. What the hey? That's all it says. Not important. Set that aside. Moving on to the next one. This reads... Not important. What is this? I don't get it. Okay, let's just skip to the end. Lucky number 13. Sent just five weeks ago. <coughs> Dear, Gabriel. Dear Gabriel, I'm of the belief, I'm of now, belief now that you are not receiving these letters. I'm to assume that Mr. Fine, or possibly one of his minions, have blocked me from communicating with you. But just in case this does find its way into your rugged yet delicate hands, I will restate why it is dire that we talk. If this is in fact but a demon spawned from Terry Fine's rib meat, I will not be stating anything you don't already know. Gabriel, my love, you are in great danger. There are those who covet your gifts, your ability to bring words to life. They want this for themselves and will stop at nothing to make what is yours theirs. I'm lucky. Most of the world considers me crazy. I'm easily dismissed. Never by you. You're unlike any other. From the moment you valiantly provided me with what was clearly, at the very least, your second favorite pen when I could not locate my own, I knew you were reaching out to me. Your modesty is a trait I may like best. We both know your name. Your real name. As you consider a usefulness to my undying loyalty, I will await your further instruction from the confines of Periculum Inn, two miles south of your writer's cabin. Even now, I tremble with anticipation. Love. God, he killed Meister. Holy carrots and peas. Honey, I'm home. Books? My love? What is the matter? Books. Darling? Books. Books, 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 books. Yes, those are our books. Books. You have put them all over the floor. Books. Yes. And you've made quite a mess. There are first editions here, I'll have you know. Books. Book, book, books, 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 books. You won't get anywhere with such a sloppy search. Really, Louise. If Neville wants my brother's book, and only the Lord would know why, 
He will have to come to me himself. Book. He's dead. It happened right in front of me. Books? Book book? I don't want to talk about it. Books! Will you please put these books back on the shelf? Our guy stumbles into the restaurant. Branson raves about the keys he needs for the net. He says he needs the keys for a big daddy. Did you write that correctly, Keats? Yes. Detective Joy, I'm sorry. I believe the owner said it was uh, for Big Dada. Okay. Somebody named Big Dada. What kind of name is that? It's a gang name. Of course. Can you have one of the girls go to the file room and see if we have anything on an AKA Big Dada? Sure. Better yet put Barton on it. Seems his speed. Oh, that's just mean. Well, if he'd learned to be one of us, he'd have an easier time around here. Ah, Barton's a smart cop. He'll come down from his high tower and join the club. We just need to grind down his edges some more. Take that file to him. See what he gets. Yeah. Darn. Careful. Careful there. Don't mix up the papers, Butterfingers. What's this one from? Oh. That was our second victim in this madness outbreak. Moira Kowalski. Pretty thing, wasn't she? This is Douglas Kowalski's wife. Some filth stopped her in broad daylight and threw her through a plate glass window just outside of Abraham and Strauss. Tore her ribbons. Shit, how'd he take it? You're kidding, right? How would you feel if someone murdered your wife? I would burn the world to the ground. You bet your ass you would. The good news is she didn't suffer any. The cuts were so deep the blood left her before she knew her time had run out. God. Have you... Have you spoken to... the devil? One foot in front of the other. This new fellow is the only one of interest to you. Let me worry about Mrs. Kowalski. Precisely, young man. Rotten eggs. The unpleasant odor is caused by H2SO4. Hydrogen sulfuric acid. The most common compound of hydrogen and sulfur. My dearest Moira, if I was any kind of man, I would be writing you this letter on a typewriter. Instead, I'm reduced to this useless pen and an unsatisfyingly plain piece of paper. Like a castrato, on his 11th birthday, I'm impotent to change our situation. <laughs> but I, I shouldn't evoke such crudity. You've made it clear on many an occasion that you find that to be in very ill-fitting suit every time I put it on. I will refrain, my love. Without you here, I find many things difficult. never realized how much of my humanity is owed to you. If I were to look back on the man that I was before our union, I mean, you would see nothing but a feral. 
though I'm certain you must have been aware of my youthful shortcomings. I do not believe you ever saw the beast that lurked inside. And I'm thankful for that. I worry sometimes that you blame me for what happened to you. Though it was in your nature to forgive, it's hard for me to assume that you would have room to forgive me for this shortcoming. If I could just type this letter instead, I would be able to hold you in my arms again. If I am the man that I thought that I was, that's what would be. For now, for now we must settle for the man that I appear to be. One that's left holding this infernal pen. When next I write to you, I promise to breathe life into these words. I hope that this will be sooner rather than later as I feel less and less like a human. And more and more like the beast. I will keep searching, my love. Until next time, yours truly, Douglas. So ladies, are we alone? Are we alone? Good. Good. Now that it's just us. Ladies, are we alone? Good. Now that it's just us girls, I can share my secret on looking this good every day. What is that secret? Well, sometimes I fantasize about soaking my living room in gasoline, striking a match and watching the flames dance around the room. Are my husband and children home? I'm not sure. But what's most important is that I'm free of this morbid existence and I finally get to spend time with me. Taking the time to indulge in fantasy is one way to keep your youthful bounce. But for those of us with no imagination. There is a product just for you. Spishak's specially formulated Age Begone Vanishing Cream. Like no other vanishing cream on the market, Age Begone melts the wrinkles from your face using potentially dangerous levels of hydrochloric acid. Just apply a thin layer around your entire face. Be careful to leave some distance from your eyes. Do you feel it tingling? Good. That means it's working. Do you feel it burning? You feel it burning? That means you've exceeded the recommended amount for application. Using household baking powder, liberally apply powder over your entire face, then go see your doctor for further instructions. With HP Gone, women fretting over losing their looks when hitting the big 2-5 will fret no more. The fine men of Spisak Science Department have made sure of that. These very same men would also have me advise you if you happen to be turning the big 3-0. It's recommended you eat the cream directly from the container. For this particular problem area, all of the cream is the recommended dosage. So ladies, give yourself and your husband the gift that keeps giving. Your eternal beauty. Would you mind taking a look in that mailbox? Uh, this one? That's right.
Are you sure Ms. Whitney's gonna be okay with this? What makes you believe I require her permission, chum? Cause she's your old lady and she's ain't never gonna let you hear the end of it. Is that what you believe? What is she then? I'll have you know that there was no Miss Whitney before ten years ago. I know, it sounds impossible, improbable, or even preposterous. Yet, nonetheless, true. This was back when I was on sabbatical. Far East, in the Orient. The pressures of being the exemplary pirate dick had begun to take its toll. I was beginning to feel washed up, yesterday's news, if you will. I had befriended a local guide who, worried for my health, had urged me to see a local occultist and holistic doctor. While under his care, I was found to be suffering from conjoined soul entanglement. That gentleman took me into his care and performed a series of intricate incantations. In the end, the procedure was successful. My soul became untangled from the conjoined twin soul, and in doing so, Miss Whitney materialised from the ether. I've never seen or heard anything like it, but there she was, a fully formed being. I've taken care of her ever since. She is my twin soul, as it were. Wow! Do you plan to stand there all day gobsmacked, or will you be handing over the letters you procured for us? Oh, uh, yeah. Thank you. It's amazing what you learn from another man's mail. Why is you don't ask his wife? Because... I don't yet know why Carmen would exclude the brother and the money loans to said brother in the initial statement. You see, Krog, Ronnie? in this business, you have to sometimes think like one of the bad guys. Sometimes you even need to break the law like one of the bad guys so that you can do a good guy thing. So, you commit feral offense so uh, you can do some good? You are a very perceptive man. A very large, but aware man. Thanks. What's this got to do with finding the typewriter? I said you're perceptive, not omniscient. Omniscient? Later. It's now or never. Ready? Ready. Unlocked? That's uncommon, for the record. You just want me to go first? Um, no. I go first. We wouldn't want to alarm anyone with your, um, presence. Suits yourself. Yes. That exactly. Uh, hello? 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 Whoa. Uh... Excuse me? Hey! Hi! Yes, uh, hello. I'm a private investigator. My name is Walter Mix. Oh! Oh, good. You are? I'm the police. As confirmed by your attire. Um, can you tell me what happened here? Oh, these ones. These ones are dead. Do they have names? D-E-A-D. Dead. As doornails. You know. What are you doing? I was told to collect the blood. Uh, perhaps with a cloth no. or um... No, no reason to make something all messy. No, mm -mm. my hands are just fine. Is this the L's family? It does feel strange between fingers. It's on the outside. Not the inside. <laughs> <laughs> 
you know? Hmm. Is that Julian Ells? I think these two are women. That's a big one. And that's a little one. Mix, this feels wrong. Too late to back out now. We bought the cow, so to speak. So, the one with the axe in his head. What? 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 You are making me careless. Look, I'm getting the blood everywhere. I have to do this job right. <sighs> of course that's Julian. That's his favorite axe. Any leads? Leads? As any leads as to who did this? Do you know what time it is? I'm sorry? Do you know what time it is? The time. I... I don't want to miss the next broadcast. The little ant says four. The big ant says 42. <gasps> Only two more hours of scooping up this blood and then I can finally relax to love, honor, and decay. Do you listen to it as well? I've heard wonderful things. You're leaving? Uh, yes, so sorry. Good luck. Okay. You can stay, though. That's fine. We can sit on the couch and listen together. Okay. You can stay, though. Oh, we, we can sit on the couch and, and listen to the show together. <laughs> Thank you. Lovely offer. Why are you backing away like that? You don't like me? You don't want to stay and watch the show? Okay. Suit yourself. Suit yourself. <laughs> Suit yourself. <laughs> Suit it. <laughs> Suit it. <laughs> no. Suit it. Suit it. Suit it. Suit yourself. Yourself. Suit it. Can 
audio reels you have? Uh, Just the two, so far. Joseph seems to have hidden these throughout the house. Lovely. Uh, We're still working at tearing the place apart. Yes. It's clear. We do expect to find more. By the home, I can see that you two are doing a thorough job. (sighs) Julian Ells. Uh, Joseph's brother. Is he okay? Walter's interviewing him now. Why didn't you tell us about him before? It didn't seem relevant. Relevant? Relevant? Do you think you could be more forthcoming with information from here on out? Leaving the professionals to suss out what's relevant. I'm sorry, don't you think you're being just a little bit... Were you aware that your husband was lending money to his brother? I I had no idea. I just thought that if Julian knew where he was, he would have called me. Why would he do that? Uh, He stopped by looking for Joseph just three days before I contacted you. Does he often come by? Uh, What are you implying? Just ascertaining the facts. Well, ascertain a new tone before I toss you out of this house, little miss. Your name again? Trudy. Okay, Trudy. Maybe I'm a little too hot under the collar. Right. This line of work is built on the foundation of information. 
Faulty or concealed information can lead to a less than desirable result. I keep trouble safe from the dangers that naturally arise with this job. Do you see where the issue lies with this? What danger? All of them. I promise you that I knew nothing about him loaning money to Julian. All right, then. Walter will be back soon, and we'll find out what the brother may or may not know. Till then, I have one question yet unanswered. Miss Whitney, please. I I do want to find my husband. I I do want to find... Miss Whitney, please. Find my husband. I know. Can you tell me about someone by the name of Connie? Uh, no, I I don't know a Connie. Does my husband? That remains unclear at the moment. I have just one more name for you. Gabriel Black. I've never heard of him either. I'm sorry. Yes. Do you know him? Not really. He writes trashy romance novels. Another writer. Here. One of the few books on the shelf that is an actual real book. By George, Trudy, I could kiss you! Really? Wait, what did you mean by one of the few real books? And now the audiobook is available on Audible, narrated by our very own James. So, Archie, shall we eat out tonight? I don't know. We can stay home. Whatever you want, Lil. I'll cook something up, like Dad would do for Mom when she was... Dying? I was gonna say unhappy. He had a way with that. He'd find scraps from around the kitchen, a a nub of ginger, a potato, chicken trimmings from a few days earlier, and somehow he'd make it seem like a feast. Like uh, Jesus and his loaves of bread. Yeah, a little like that. He really loved her. Yeah. I miss her. And Dad. I know. You were lucky, though. She taught you the repair business. And Dad taught you everything he knew about Eastern medicine. I sometimes wish he had taught me. And Mom taught me repair. But I think they got us right. I think so. What did they teach Barton? Ethics and morality? (laughs) Same thing that Dad died from. I don't know if I'm hungry. Arch... Barton is being foolish. You understand that, right? Really? Living in the past brings only death. Nothing Barton can do will change Dad being dead. It might bring a little justice to this world. What's wrong with a little justice? This isn't little, though. Aren't you tired of being under the weight of all the everyday evils? The police, all those white folks who look the other way? What's wrong with wanting a little justice? There's nothing wrong with justice. What would be justice for you? So you take down a couple cops. Then what? You haven't beaten evil. You haven't ended corruption. You've maybe taken one brick from a giant wall. Unlikely? Sure. What's the alternative then? Live our lives with our chins buried in our chests? Is that the future Dad wanted for us? Which future do you think he wanted more for you? One where you've avenged his death? Or one where you're alive and well? What the? Oh my god. Get... Tell Barton to come see us when he gets the chance. (laughs) Archie? Archie? Are you okay? Arch! I'm okay. 
Whose blood is this? What is the frequency? What is the frequency? Are you receiving this message? Are you receiving this What's the Frequency is written and created by James Oliva. Production and sound design by Alexander Danner. What's the Frequency's theme music, composed by Kurt C. Nelson. This episode contained audio from the 1946 film Angel on My Shoulder, as well as To Greater Boston by Alexander Danner and Jeff Van Driesen, and an excerpt from The Invisible Sun by Seclorence. If you enjoyed the show, please let us know what you think. You have several options in how you'd like to express your feelings about us. One way is to take the time to rate and review us on iTunes. The more of you that take the time to do this, the more visibility you give the show. Which is a good thing. Secondly, you can email us at WTFrequency. Which is a good thing. Secondly, you can email us at WTFrequency at gmail.com to communicate a more pointed way of describing your feelings. Lastly, you can contribute to our Patreon campaign at patreon.com slash WTFrequency, where you can choose what level of support you are comfortable with, and we will show our appreciation to you by bestowing additional exclusive material. We'd like to give special thanks to Jonathan Goldberg of the audio drama podcast Fall of the House of Sunshine, and Isaac Christie and Hadi Rai Kulsa of the audio drama podcast Radiation World. As always, I'm James Oliva. Till next time. <laughs>